0: It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Left of Field. I'm Danny Kavanagh and this week I caught up with Illawarra Hawk, and Australian boomer player Sunday Deck. The South Sudanese basketballer is shaping up as one of the most promising players in the country. Sunday, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Danny. Thanks for having me.
0: Full disclosure for our listeners, you're not actually in Australia right now. You're in New Zealand. Tell everyone why are you over there?
1: Yeah, I'm in New Zealand at the moment. Once the NBL season finished, this is the off-season competition, which is fairly close to home that a lot of the NBL players like to come to. So I'm here with the Southland Sharks organization this year. Unfortunately, the league's been postponed uh, pending cancellation if the coronavirus doesn't get any better. So we're actually stuck here now for the next four weeks until we head back to Australia.
0: If this cancellation does happen, what does this mean for your preparation for the next season?
1: Not much. So we just head home uh, where we would play in off-season competitions. Won't happen as obviously the virus has stopped sports worldwide. So we'll just head back home and wait for a court to open up somewhere and get back to training and, you know, playing games in Australia.
0: Take it back to the beginning. Tell me, how did you end up in Australia and in Perth?
1: Well, yeah, so obviously, as you um, mentioned at the start, came from war torn Africa in the South Sudan. Parents are South Sudanese, and so of mine. Just obviously, with the civil war and stuff like that, my parents found it best for us obviously flee the country and better education and lifestyle for us. So, dad got a job in Perth, so we're able to go there and yeah, transitional life. So we moved over in 2001, fairly young at the times, me and my sister. And then my older brother came out two years later and the rest of my siblings were born here.
0: And I can imagine that as a kid in a new country and it's all very strange, sport would have been a really good outlet for you?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, at the time there was a language barrier, but sports is always the common denominator when it comes to kids and playing is the best thing we do with children so that was easily a transition period there so as I paid sport and you know got made new friends and my English got better and better yeah it just became everyday life to us in Perth.
0: Did you always know you wanted to pursue professional basketball? Was that always the goal?
1: No actually I grew up playing AFL so in WA Perth especially footy is probably the dominant sport there so growing up played AFL and but that was my passion and you know played that throughout the juniors but then when I was 14, 15 just lost the love for it and just stopped playing so and that's when I tried a few other sports and skateboarded for a little bit and but then picked up basketball when I was 16 and just fell in love with it.
0: Skateboarding now that's a bit different I'm going to touch on this quickly how do you get into being a skateboarder?
1: Growing up in Wally, there was just a skate park down the road and beyond skate was where I met a lot of my friends um, in my teenage years and so we just kind of just skateboarded around and it was nice, fun outdoor activity. And it was semi-dangerous at the time, thinking back on it now. But at the time, we just loved it because you could just, you know, learn new tricks and just do whatever.
0: And then basketball, obviously, you've got the height, you've got the athleticism. Did you take to the sport like a natural?
1: Yeah, I think uh, playing footy and obviously not a lot of other sports helped me. Uh, transferred over into basketball pretty easily actually and actually funnily enough skateboarding helped my footwork so that was um that was a plus to skating at a young age so all of those sports helped me in basketball a lot with picking up the drills picking up the techniques and and you know the skill set going forward
0: so fast forward you know a few years and you finished school and how did you end up playing for the wildcats so that was your first contract in the nbl
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, I signed with them as a development player when I was 19. Um, So I just finished school a year before. I was just training with them and picked up my first contract there. But it was through the state league in Western Australia, which is a second division, second tier division. And the coach came down to actually watch one of my teammates, and he really liked me, so brought me down to train with them. And then, you know, one thing led to the next, and I was there full time, and yeah, picked up my first contract there.
0: There's obviously a lot of big-name players with the Wildcats. Who was someone that, you know, t- took you under their wing or really inspired you on the court in those early years of your career?
1: A couple of the big ones were Damian Martin, who's obviously club legend and captain, and Greg Heyer, who was a vice-captain, who came up through the development pathway, so he kind of mentored us through there. But then also a lot of my friends through that, and Drake Yu who's in America right now, Really helped me and you know, shaped me on the court as well. And just the ins and outs of being around those guys, everyone in the team, every day actually. So they helped me become a better professional and uh, navigate through the journey of a young athlete, you know, aspiring to be to be like them.
0: I heard that you're a pretty hard working, dedicated player on the court. Is that something you brought with you to the game or you've learned from others?
1: I think I brought that with me starting late. Obviously, my skill set was far below the, the standard needed to be at the time. So just working hard, I was able to realise that, hey, if I just put in the hours, then my skill level gets better and then I'm able to compete with these guys. So just the more hours I put into practice, the better I got. And obviously with my gifts athletically and, and talent-wise, I was able to, you know, become the player I was meant to be and be where I am today.
0: What was it like shooting your first three-pointer in the NBA? That must have been a really amazing feeling
1: yeah it was awesome it was actually a long time coming I'd played a few years as a GP didn't didn't really get a few shots up but it was in the 2018-19 season in the finals campaign against Brisbane I'd just come back from college and you know I was playing a few games and started to play well and then I was able to drop a few threes in the final series there which felt awesome and I think it was it just went from there I think as that first shot went in just gained more confidence and I was able to explore that side of my game.
0: What was your celebration after those three points?
1: You don't really have too much time in basketball to stop and celebrate unless it's at the end of quarters or it's a foul or something or stoppage in play. It's a transition straight to defense because, you know, the other teams are raring to go and score on us. So yeah, it was actually it was short lived, but it was definitely there and just transition onto defense to try and stop them.
0: That was the end of the 2018-19 season, and that's when you left the Wildcats? What happened from there? Yeah. You were without a contract?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, there was contract year, and obviously would have loved to play for the Wildcats. It's my homegrown team and stuff, but at the time, there was just more opportunity over east with Illawarra, and, and, you know, the the vision the coach had for me and for the team was something I was really buoyed by and really excited to hear about, and so I signed with Illawarra on a two-year deal, and. Just finished my first year there and it was, took a leap of faith. And although our season didn't go the way we wanted it to go me, I definitely was able to grow as a player and as a person on the court and, you know, develop into a leader out there and someone who was relied on heavily out in the court. It was a bit of up and down year, but something, something I really enjoyed and something I learned a lot from.
0: Yeah, so you went from, you know, a new player to basically being in this starting five. How did that happen?
1: actually so that happened through injury and opportunity that way um at the start I wasn't getting a lot of minutes and wasn't playing a lot but still training hard just waiting for my opportunity and to try and seize it when it did come and unfortunately obviously you never want to wish injury upon anyone and it's the game we play but injuries happened to a couple of my teammates in my position that were ahead of me and I was able to get opportunity that way uh one being Aaron Brooks who's a nba veteran played in the nba for 12 years and who i learned a lot from so he was prepping me to be uh the next up and comer and um when he went down with an achilles injury i was able to get opportunity and just seized it from there and never looked back
0: you're going from zero minutes to starring in games in those tough times when you are on the bench and you're not getting all the court time that you want how do you stay motivated what do you tell yourself
1: it's frustrating because you want to be out there and obviously you want to help the team out in the court, but you just got to control what you can. And um, at that time it was just sharing my teammates successes and uh, being in the gym and working hard. Cause I knew an opportunity would come. It's a, it's a funny game we play. You never know when it does come, but if you're not ready for it, it the window of opportunity could shut in a second. That was probably the motivating factor, but also the fact that, you know, I, I knew I could play and I knew that I had something to offer the team out in the court and just, had to wait for my opportunity to come
0: opportunity playing with the boomers
1: that was actually unexpected so after the season uh my partner charlotte and i actually booked a holiday to go to fiji and a month before we're meant to go uh the boomers coach called and said you know i was named in the squad and um obviously it was a very proud moment and it was awesome and throughout the year they'd been watching and were happy with the progress i'd made and you know deserved national team selection so that was an honor and it was a great opportunity to play on the national stage for the Australian team.
0: Did you get to learn a lot from that experience?
1: Yeah, definitely. Learned heaps. Obviously the coaches, one of the best coaches in the league, coaching the NBA and, uh, you know, just that program being at highest level in Australian basketball was awesome because they are, there's a way they do things and there's a reason why they're successful. So I was able to learn heaps and I think going into next season, um, I'll be able to fine tune my skills and work on some things to help our team going forward.
0: Now you've recently been nominated for the defensive player of the year and the most improved. What has been personally for you, the biggest highlight of this world win of a season? Um, Biggest
1: highlight. I think it's just um, for our team, we didn't really have the season we wanted. Our record didn't show the dedication and the amount of hours we put in as a team, so I think the highlight is just the fact that all the guys stay together. You know, we're still really close right now. Typical for teams who have bad seasons for players to go their separate ways and try and forget about the season. But us as a team, we really try and build on that. And uh, moving forward, I think we were able to get better as a team. And I was also able to get better individually and also become a leader out there. So that's something I want to use going forward, you know, to help our team in that leadership role and try and push the guys that that need to be pushed and give back what was given to me when I was in those situations.
0: What do you do off court that keeps your mind healthy and positive?
1: Off the court, you know, I'm pretty laid back. I think I I watch a lot of movies, just hang out with some friends. But I think connecting with uh, friends and family from back in Perth and all around the world through the friendships I've made, through going to college or... Friends that I've met through friends, um, that's really important because it just gives you a bigger perspective on on life. Because in the moment, our life is basketball, but then also you have to put things into perspective and know that there's there's things happening worldwide. And in case right now with the coronavirus, it's uh, obviously I'm a basketball player and that's what I do. But I've got friends around the world who are affected by this situation. So just checking in on them and them and just gives me joy and to know that they're doing well as well.
0: The NBL title was given to the Wildcats after the Sydney Kins decided not to travel to Perth because of COVID nineteen. It was a massive decision in the league, and do you agree with the call?
1: Um, it's a it's a difficult one, but I think they made the right decision for um for their team and for the NBL. Um, obviously with the circus dancers at the time, they weren't as serious as they are now, but they were heading that way. And uh, with insider information, uh, I knew that uh. If they had travelled and if the situation in Perth that's happening right now where the borders are locked down, had it happened when they were playing, then a few of their players wouldn't have been able to get home to America and um, a lot of them wouldn't have been able to get back over east uh, to see their friends and family. So at the time, that's what they anticipated, I think. So in hindsight, obviously, it's a beautiful thing. But at the time, I think they definitely made the right decision for themselves and for their organisation.
0: So obviously now all the players have a lot of downtime. I know you're quite into meditating and yoga and all of that to keep you healthy and strong.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, at this time right now it's very important to keep your mental side active and uh, raring to go. So I try to quiet it down by yoga and meditation. Obviously it's great for the body but it's also good for the mind. just slows us down a little bit because right now I think a lot of people are, Thinking at a rapid rate of about the what ifs and the potentials of what could happen, but I think that that brings me joy. And I'll introduce you to my second girlfriend, Sarah Beth. Who's that? My yoga instructor. That's
0: your, your yoga? Does she t- like teach you classes?
1: Yeah, I just I followed her page. It's just on YouTube actually. When when we can't go to classes, like times like this, it's perfect. Just chuck her on the TV and she's right there.
0: You love her more than Charlotte? She's your number one Charlotte girl right now. Yeah.
1: Hey, she, she's holding me down in times of struggle.
0: Outside of basketball, what is another sport that you turn to, to kind of get that release of emotions and have a bigger passion for?
1: Ooh, uh, it's been a while since I've played another sport. Just obviously you don't want to get injured or anything, but I do love soccer. Um, I watch the EPL and Champions League a lot. So I love sport? that. I, oh, I support Barcelona. And I support Manchester City.
0: Oh, I'm a big Liverpool fan, so.
1: Oh, no, my, my partner's a Liverpool fan.
0: <laughs> yep, Charlotte, she knows what side's the winning side here.
1: <laughs> oh, you guys are out of Champions League, so.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, we can move on from that. You said that you obviously were a massive AFL fan when you were younger. What team do you support now?
1: Um, When I was younger, I supported the Adelaide Crows. And now just being over east, I have to, support West Coast, the uh, Out West team, because they're, they're hated over where we live in Wollongong and Sydney and Melbourne.
0: Adelaide, why? What's the connection there?
1: Adelaide. So when I was younger, um, we went to a church down the road and Andrew McLeod, who was my favourite player growing up as a youngster, his sister went to our church. So whenever he would come to WA and visit, he would uh, he would come to the church and it was just, it was so cool to see a professional football player just be so humble and be so down to earth and you know, talk to kids like he did. and So that was uh, the team I supported because of him.
0: That's lovely. And AFL is another sport just like the NBL in Australia where there are a lot of African-descended players. Do you see the rise around the country? How do you feel about that?
1: It's awesome. Obviously, it's something that you want to see. You want to see your people win and very proud South Sudanese person and, and Australian as well. So, just to see that brings me joy because to know where they've come from, um, back in South Sudan to where they are now, have to go through a lot. And just to just to see that is awesome because it inspires the younger generations to be able to, you know, dream of being a professional basketball player or a professional footy player because it gives them something to hope for and gives them something to work towards.
0: Yeah, you're obviously taking on the role as a leader within your own club, but what about in your community, the South Sudanese Australian community? Are you wanting to be a role model and a leader for these younger kids?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that's something that's needed um, just to give a bit of guidance and a bit of direction to the younger generations. And that's something I will look to do in the next next couple of years, and especially now with the amount of downtime we have and just working with my brother and the South Sudanese community in um, Melbourne and Perth a lot
0: back to basketball. Now, you've played it for quite a while now. You must have a highlight. It could be an under 16th game or playing for the Boomers, but what would be your sporting highlight? Oh. The magic my moment. Highlight. Sunday's magic moment. What do you always turn back to? My
1: my mother's first game to come seeing me play was last season when I played for the played that final series against Brisbane actually and for the Wildcats they were able to Knocked down my first couple three pointers. I was, yeah, mum's first time watching me play professionally, so that was that was an awesome feeling.
0: That is adorable. Was she? So she was in the crowd when you scored your first three points.
1: Yeah, she was. She was there. She's really proud. You know, obviously, chose me to stay humble and stay stay rooted to how I got there, and which is awesome. Um, because obviously she's a working lady and that's someone who obviously I want to make proud in everyday life, not just in basketball, but just to be the be the right type of person that she raised.
0: I bet she'd be very proud of you right now. Without basketball in your life, who are you? What would you be doing?
1: I'm not sure, actually. Pretty down to earth. I'd probably be studying at uni somewhere, but quite figured that out yet without sport, because it's all I've known my whole life.
0: And you've still got a few More years left in you, so you don't really have to worry about that one. Um, I yeah, always hopefully. like, hopefully, I always like to ask my guests, What is your motto for life? What is a quote that you like to live by and hope others can? too It's
1: better to have and not need than to need and not have.
0: Better to that have and not need than better to need and to not me. have.
1: Yeah, who told you that so one? That was a quote told to me by Jacob Chance the Wildcats assistant coach, first came back from college. I can't remember in what context we're talking about, but I just thought that was awesome because, you know, it's always better to over-prepare than under-prepare. So that's uh, in context of basketball, but it's also in context of life. You know, when you go to a meeting or you're going into a test, you're going to meet someone.
0: It always is, actually. I'm going to start applying that one to my life. And just touching back on that college, was college a good experience for you? How did you go over there? Where did you go?
1: I loved it. I spent three years there. I went to two years at Metro State and then my final year at Barry. And it was awesome. Obviously, so many ups and downs. And I grew so much as a basketball player, but also as a person because you're over there. You don't have your close-knit of friends and family over there. So your teammates become your family. And that was something I really enjoyed and something I cherished going forward. And it's definitely helped me develop into the person I am today.
0: In college, what group did you fall in?
1: Obviously, I had my basketball teammates.
0: I'm going real American movie on you here.
1: (laughs) Nah, none of that. But I think just all over, actually, because I studied business management there. So I had a lot of friends and a lot of friends I made outside of basketball, which is awesome because like we talked about earlier, it's good to have outside interests other than just basketball. And I was able to connect with them on other levels rather than just sport.
0: Is that balance in your life make you really appreciate the smaller moments and then not Dwell too much on the, the times and the games not going great?
1: Yeah, it has as I've gotten older. A couple of years ago, I, I don't think I would, have, I would have been able to say the same things because now you can just, like you said, you can just move on because you understand things are bigger than basketball. Whereas, you know, a year or two ago, basketball was everything to me and it still is everything, but now I can, you know, compartmentalize rather than having it as a whole.
0: Great. Well, I think that's something that we can all bring into all our lives, especially in these troubling times. Good luck with the, hopefully, NBL season. Do you reckon we'll get back on board in at the end of the year?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think once the dust settles with this virus and they find a vaccine, everything will go back to normal. But it'll take some time and it'll take some banding together from everyone's part.
0: And you're in lockdown with your partner. Uh, how is that going? Is there any tensions?
1: No, it's been good. Uh, She just kicks me out of the living room when she's Mm -hmm. studying. So I get banished to the room every now and then. But it's now all all in all, it's been smooth sailing so far, but we'll see what the next week (laughs) holds.
0: Yeah, all that time together. Who knows what could happen? Well, thank you for coming on the show today, Sunday. And we can't wait to see how you go on court next season.
1: Thank you so much, Danny. Appreciate you guys having me.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to episode two of Left of Field. If you missed my first chat with sports journalist Neralee Meadows, be sure to give it a listen. Next, I'll be joined by an Aussie Olympic swimmer with a passion for business.